Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of the Stoop Radio Show. I am, folks. Thank God it's Monday. The Stoop Radio Show voted the fastest rising internet radio show in the Philadelphia area. Congratulations to us. Absolutely. Jeff the Shark Perini with you again for another TGIM. With me, as always. The amazing, the lovely, the co-hostess with the mostest, the long flowing hair, all beautifully styled this evening, the amazing Jewel Tatey. Jewel, good evening, and welcome back to the Stoop Radio Show. Good evening, Jeff. How are we doing? We're doing great. Fastest rising. We're, we're up and coming. Our numbers uh, and uh, some of these uh, people that watch into this stuff have told us that our uh, numbers are staggering, so congratulations to us. And we appreciate you all out there for listening and, and being a part of the, our little thing here. Yeah, congratulations to you. And to you, and to us, because we are <laughs> currently the stoop. Hint, hint, wink, wink. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, this past weekend, Jewel, I, I seen you're over there, I see you got your beer. No beer for me tonight. Because this past weekend was the Atlantic City Beer and Music Festival. And once again, hats off to the crew out there in the, on 100.7 and uh, the Atlantic City Convention Center and all the brewers and all the vendors that come up and make Beer Fest what it is. An absolutely, positively amazing time. I drank more than I could possibly fathom. Got to see the mighty, mighty boss tunes. Absolutely incredible. We had a great time. There was eight of us this year. Uh, we went with the Dream Team theme and the kilts. So thank you to uh, CJ and Lynn, my wife Cassie, Joe, and his wife Christina, Rob, Naja. Thanks, guys, for coming. And thank you for everybody. Uh, oh, just thank you for everybody. It was just a great time. Jewel, next year, I'm telling you, put it on the calendar. I don't know the exact date yet, but it's a must. Definitely. I'm so sad I missed it, but I'm so happy you had fun. Dirt in the skirt. <laughs> Absolutely. Got to have the, you know, you had to have the kilt on for uniform. We had a t-shirt on that said dream team um steve g uh, the joke man there and the business over american printing um did the shirts it was a giant eagle representing obviously the eagles and uh he had a slice of pizza in one hand a beer in the other and a football on his foot so like the big the big three beer pizza football and the dream team of course for the eagles and just a fantastic time absolutely love it and uh so i'm bearded out for a couple of days i gotta be honest that's awesome. I saw you met uh, quite a few interesting characters in your journeys. There were definitely some interesting characters. There was a guy with a uh, Ray Finkel, Miami Dolphins jersey on information. <laughs> sure. uh, ran into my uh, good friend May and her uh, fiance Dave. Um, she had kind of like a kind of a Swiss Miss kind of dress on. That was interesting. Uh, we had the hatchet throw, which I've never done before. That was a good time. Made you sign every waiver and some other going in there, of course. Beer fest, hatchet oh throwing. God. But that was a great time. <laughs> and, um, yeah, just tons of beer. A lot of, uh, a lot of new ones this year that I haven't seen there in the past. Um, just a, just phenomenal. And Atlantic City, you know, you hear the stories about how they're fading away. But they always do a good job at Beer Fest. It's very subdued. It's not – it's rowdy in a fun way. But, you know, for all that beer and people drinking all the beer, it's not fighty. It's not pushy. It's not a lot of nonsense. It's very down-to-earth and a great time. So next year, Jewel, you're on, you're on the list. Definitely. Looking forward to it. Did you uh, have any new beers you haven't tried yet? Yeah, and I can't remember any of them. Because <laughs> yeah. 
I, like I said, you know, they give you the four ounce mug. You're looking like, what am I going to do with this? And literally this year by 12:38 sharp, I was like, wow, I am already pretty much half shot in the head. So you really don't remember. Every beer starts tasting delicious in that time. And <laughs> so. Of course. Did you see that game? It's like a tree stump, speaking of the hatchet throw, and everyone goes around and just like tosses a hammer up in the air and tries to get <laughs> It's like, I don't know what these college kids do, but it's like a hammer throw in their backyards. It looks very dangerous. No. You're supposed to catch it... the hammer on the handle. Oh, absolutely. That doesn't sound dangerous at all. Yeah, you won't lose an eye or anything. <laughs> nah, absolutely not. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. All right, to some business at hand, we would like to thank um, our guest from Wednesday night. And uh, I drove blank. Oh, Jesus, I'm sorry. Uh, ja- <laughs> from Everything Sucks, Jahi Winston, great young actor. Um, he's a good time. Good young kid, uh, got a lot going on. He was here Wednesday night, very excited about his future. I think he's a kid that's going to be a big star. Oh, yeah. He's super confident. He's so adorable. He's got an amazing voice, and, you know, the roles are just flying at him. So, uh, yeah, nothing but good things in his future. Yeah, absolutely. We expect to hear a lot from him very, very soon. As uh, our guest tonight, we expect to hear a lot from very soon. She's making a lot of big appearances on a lot of big shows. Uh, actress and comedian Lisa Link. Whoop, Lisa, whoop. I think it's Link. I hope it's not Linky. And I'm saying her name wrong because she's going to let me know it. <laughs> yeah. I hope very she funny, does. though. Yeah, I hope she does. So I hope she really lays me out. Very funny, though. She's had some guest appearances on real big shows. We'll talk about all that later on. Um, in a comedy, uh, improv, the whole nine yards. So it should be a good show. Looking very forward to it. And, uh, getting that Monday going. As you uh, all know, man, before we do that, let's talk real quick. We're going to do this real quick uh, about our continuing love of Philadelphia. And I don't know if maybe we're good luck for Philadelphia ever since we made this show a Philly show. Um, the Sixers are now in the playoffs, officially. They've made the playoffs. Uh, Markel Fultz played tonight for the first time this year. Everybody our number one pick. Fultz played for the first time this year. He had a, a bucket earlier on, a couple nice passes. A little shaky out there, but he's playing. Villanova has made it to the Final Four. Flyers are still in the playoff hunt. And, of course, the Phillies kick off in a couple of days. So I just want to say how great it is still to be a Philly guy. It's wonderful, isn't it? Just to be really part is. of this great city of ours. Really is to be a winner, of course, Super Bowl champions, just to be a winner right now, and, and we're loving it. Absolutely loving it. So uh, tonight is our 50th. Jewel, happy 50. Happy 50. Happy 50, the big 5-0. 50 episodes already. Seems like yesterday when a young, scared kid walked onto this stage and did the show with Jewel. No. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I still get a little bit of nerves to this day. It's crazy stuff. But we did 50. This is our 50th tonight. And, um, you know, look on the Facebook page. We're going mean, to – I like to do a little picture montage for everybody that comes on. I like doing that stuff. So we're going to list all the 50 guests. Tonight we're going to do a quick top five list, and it's our top five favorite moments from the first 50. Um, some silly stuff, some quick stuff. Jules got this look face. Don't worry. I'm not really laying anything harsh out, just some quick fun stuff. I actually have uh, – seven because I got two ties because there's that many stuff. Really, I probably could have did a top 50, 50, but I didn't. Um, how about you kick it off? You being the, um, you being the reason we have returned here. 
Oh, man. I mean, I'm still nervous. Like, I still get nervous. I still have sure. to fan myself every time I get on. <laughs> it, you know, it's a big deal. And to be part of the soup has just been wonderful. And we just have nothing but bigger and better things coming our way. So it's been a ride. But number five has to be uh, my first time on the stoop, and it was Danielle Taylor. And my first yes. interview, because I was that nervous, and she was probably the best person to break me in because she was so nice, so lovely. Her music is incredible. If you haven't heard her music, go out and check her, check her out, Danielle Taylor. And, uh, yeah, it was just very memorable, member, memorable for me, and I'll never forget it. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, number five. Uh, number four, I love being surprised by guests. And no one surprised me more than Mr. Troy David Erickson, a.k.a. Aunt Mary Pat D. Sabatino. Holy crap. Like, he is just doing it all. And he keeps doing it all. And he he just got, uh, he got a mention on BuzzFeed. Like, he yep. is just blowing up all over the place. He has copycats now. Like, people trying to, like... I saw that. Yeah. Overtop Delco Mom. Like, no, you're not going to do it. Aunt Mary Pat is number one. And he came on the stoop and just blew our numbers out of the water. And he's just a hilarious guy. Is I think the Parkinson's thing is tonight. The Parkinson's uh, fundraiser. Oh, yes. So, if you are listening and you have time tonight, go check that out after you listen to the stoop. Okay, so uh, number four. Number three, I don't know, having childhood dreams fulfilled by talking to none other than Mr. Hale Sparks. Like, what? That just blew my mind. Like, I, I could never imagine. If you told, and I said this before, you told a 16-year-old Joel that I'd be interviewing Hale Sparks and then going to his show and meeting him and him knowing who I am, like, wow, mind blown. That was incredible. Um, definitely has to be part of my top five. Oh, uh, number two, having all of my lovely, I'm representing tonight, my Sheena and the Nosebleeds, my lovely, right. lovely Philly artists. I love you all. I love you, love you, and I am going to continue supporting you, and I know you're going to continue supporting us um, over winter. Sheena and the Nosebleeds, Beating the Wolf, Dreambox Mechanics, Tree Theater, messing around. Like, you guys are incredible. I'm so glad to be at, like, the cusp of all your careers because I know you're going to do bigger and better things. Um, and number one, just being a part of this show, being a host with my main man, Jeff, and you have really got me to this point, and I thank you, thank you, and I love being a part of all of it. And it really is not like work, but it truly is my dream and i'm just so happy i get to do it every week two times a week mondays and wednesdays like those are my days so um yeah i'm just really happy to be here and we're going to continue to grow wow that that was a great list i almost cried at the end thank you oh. <laughs> <laughs> because uh really uh you know i have said this before a lot of times um and I went out when, when John decided he was uh, leaving the show. You know, I, I said, well, my first direction is going to be with, with a female host, add a little flavor to the show and mix it up a little bit. And I put it out there, got some names, got some people, and I was also offered uh, a chance to meet Joel, and it's been the greatest. It's been 
perfect. I could not ask for it to be any better. Uh, the relationship we had, the rapport, we're, we're on one page, and I absolutely love it. Um, it's just great. It really has been great. Um, I got a list of, like like I said, it might, it's actually top eight, and I don't even think I did it justice, but let's try to hit it. We got topics. We might save topics after the guests. We got so much to talk about going into 50. Uh, but, yeah, uh, a tie for fifth. <laughs> I should just eat. Anyway, um, the Molly Rhythm debacle. Jewel and I <laughs> interviewed all 76 members at one time of Molly Rhythm, and they all talked at one time. <laughs> Definitely a yes. funny, hilarious moment. We still talk about it to this day. I don't really know how we ended up with that. Um, kind of thing when you, when you get when you invite bands on, I guess we got to start to express one or two of you would like to come on the show instead of the entire city. Because that was something. <laughs> yeah, we pulled up, went pretty good, but it was uh, shaky. Uh, tie for number five. We talk about childhood dreams. We talk about people we love, and then I loved her as a kid. Now that she's grown up, I absolutely adore her. Madeline Zima uh, was on our show, and I love Madeline. I was so happy when I found out she was going to do it. Sweetheart, lovely girl, great interview. It was excellent. So that's uh, tie for fifth. Tie for fourth. Of course, our first show. And, you know, I've been here, but the first show with Jewel is, is something that's going to be magical. My first show with John, like I said, I always remember it. I was actually at home uh, upstairs in my kitchen doing a, a call-in. It's kind of a favor because at the last minute he had uh, nobody to co-host. And um, I remember our first one as well, Danielle Taylor. She was great. That was perfect. And like I said, nothing really means more to me than two nights a week. I get to sit here, stare at Jewel, and just have a great time. You know, we just... We do. We just have a lot of fun. Uh, tied for that, you know, like I said, I got a lot of ties because so many things are running into my mind. Uh, Hale Sagan did our Halloween show. We got to play her version of Epic by Faith No More, and I am in love with that version of the song. I listen to it a ton. And I love Sagan. I love Sagan and Nick. I love Hale Sagan. Mm-hmm. Great people. So that's on as well. Uh, tied for fourth, first show, and uh, Sagan's Epic. Uh, number three, uh, again, ties, and the one was the episode featuring Elizabeth Ho and her flirtatiousness. She's awesome. She was getting a little flirty so on the cool. stoop, and I was, I was digging it. She is very cool. She was getting a little flirty, and she was pushing my buttons, and I was digging it. That's definitely on the list. Love her, too. Yeah, she's funny. She's really a good time. Uh, and tied with that, of course, uh, the young ladies I got to see uh, the other weekend, the Femmes of Rock, uh, a personal invite to the stoop from them. That's amazing. When you get somebody on the show, a talent, an up-and-coming band, uh, their manager, Michael, was nice enough to invite us, and that was just an amazing show. So getting to meet Defense of Rock uh, and getting to have them on the show, discovering them, all the great music. We discover so much great music. I, I've got so many new music uh, songs on my library from people I've never even heard of, thanks to Jewel, thanks to the show, and thanks to people you, you just find and, and you pursue them, and they come on and do a great job. So we love that. Um, Number two, talk about the bus stop with Jennifer Taylor. The beautiful Jennifer <laughs> Taylor. We're on here. She's talking about having her kid at the bus stop. Perverted Jeff is talking about how many bus stop dads are out there, guys peering out the window. And she found it funny and said, no, that doesn't happen. But we know it happens. We know there's probably about <laughs> 50 or 60 dads making their way to the bus stop just to check out Jennifer Taylor. That was a funny <laughs> moment. That was number two. And number one, who the hell could forget this? If you're a Stoop fan, if you listen to the first 50, eating tacos and getting mistaken by getting mistaken for telemarketers by the amazing <laughs> Steve Howie. Uh, we had Steve on the show. He's a great guest. Uh, of course, one of the stars of Shameless. 
his PR people asked me to call him because he was on set, and he basically gave us a blow-off. <laughs> We're like, uh, Steve, hi, Steve Howie. And he just says, what? Uh, hey, do <laughs> yeah. No, he's like, he's like yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, oh, Christ, we've bummed. And then he finally figured out who we were. And then he asked us if it was okay if he ate tacos during the interview. interview. Magic moment. And sitting down having a little taco time with Steve Howie. Super radio show. Now I could probably name every guest. I could probably name tons of things, but you know we just, <laughs> I you know, narrowed down I forgot a eight. big one now. Let lay it on us. World premiering music. Little within the night. Um, <laughs> I can't believe I forgot that. How could you forget? Like world premiering music is like huge. Yeah. And yeah, absolutely. that has to be as a tie for my number one. There you go. <laughs> All right, I like it. Because there were so many things. I just started writing down so many things and thinking about so many things. I'm like, where the hell do I even go from this? But yeah, Little yeah. for the Night, they, uh, you know, we've done a couple of world premieres for them. You can't beat that with a stick. Um, and they're coming back with us in May. It's not going to be a world premiere, but it's going to be a uh, probably a uh, U.S. premiere of uh, some new music from them when that comes out in May. And, of course, she's been amazing. Huge friend of the show. We love her. Um We've had so many great people on, and, and like I said, it goes on and on and on. Steve Howie, um, Hal Sparks, uh, Madeline Zima, uh, just people that we love, people that we watch on TV. We liked them, we loved them, and, and we get them on here, and they come on just great time. Uh, Erica Leniak, uh, Bobby Brown, you know, some of the, like, the legendary people I grew up watching. Uh, and then a, a new generation, Emily Tate, son of, uh, daughter of, son of, wow, daughter, <laughs> daughter of Jeff Tate. <laughs> From Queensryche, like in the whole new generation of people that grew up loving, and now their kids are performing. Uh, the young up-and-coming stars of Brianna James, Isabella Elise, uh, Jahi Winston. Taylor Gale. Taylor Gale. Absolutely. We love Taylor Gale, too. So, uh, Brianna James. I don't forget her either. So, you know, and we feed off each other. I forget 95% of the things from old and see now, and Jewel remembers them. And mm-hmm. correct me. That's wonderful. <laughs> um, Church. Too, and she just won uh, LA Music Awards for Best Video for Tequila Cowgirl. So, congrats to her. Love her. Oh, yeah, we love her too. And again, another uh, generation passing of um, famous people. Charlene Tilton, her daughter Charis Lee was on our show, excellent country artist. And of course, some PR people um, Michael Stover, Rachel Dares, and uh, and some of the other great PR people that work hard with us to bring us their stars. Uh, I spoke to a couple today about getting some more people on. Don't want to make any announcements yet. A couple of uh, funny, good veteran actors are lining up for the show soon, so we'll get all that to you as well. We're working on potential things, possibly a new location for the show. A lot of things going on. Lots of good things. Yeah, lots of good things going on. Lots of good things. Jewel uh, is uh, announcing the fact that she is pregnant with my baby. All kind of funny things are happening here <laughs> on the stoop. It's, yeah, it's weird. I didn't think it was going to happen either. As uh, I'm drinking a beer. Others, yeah, our significant others get to find out during the show. <laughs> congratulations to uh, me and Jewel, and congratulations to uh, Cassie and Mike, because uh, we're going to be uh, step-parents and parents. It's great. And <laughs> <laughs> you. <laughs> she continues to guzzle beer. Kid's going to have a little bit of an issue. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so, we're getting close to the end of this nasty weather. It's cold, but it hasn't snowed. It, it snowed a little bit yesterday. We were up. Um, we had to take a ride to pick the dog up. We left the dog with her aunt while we went down to uh, Beer Fest. And her aunt is in um, Plumsteadville? 
What is it? Does that sound right? Plumsteadville? Plum- uh, right? Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, it sounds <laughs> right. <laughs> but it snowed a little bit. And I'm like, yeah, I'm asking you because you're like, that's your hometown. Oh, well, you know what? I, you know, I'm trying to get the lay of the land. Like, uh, I'm up in Lansdale now, and we definitely got snow. And we actually got the most snow for that storm last week. We got 16 inches. Where wow. you guys, I believe, got 10, and the city got, like, 7, but we got 16. Like, that was crazy. 16 inches. For me to give anybody 16 inches, I'd have to do it at least five times. Oh, my God. <laughs> hey, I'm a, I'm a northerner now. You're a northerner. I don't get my You're... Game of Thrones references, but I'm in Winterfell. It's because Game of Thrones sucks. <laughs> it does not. <laughs> All the shows are coming back, To uh, My wife's getting obsessed. Uh, Billions is making this return. Billions is a great show. I don't know if you've watched Billions. That- That's a quality show. Yeah, it started from the beginning if you haven't. It's uh, it's a goodie. Um, the other one that it, she watches regularly, um, I just forgot them all. They all hit my oh, head. Now Handmaid's Tale. Handmaid's Tale's coming back. Yep. Handmaid's Tale. I have, I have no idea what that is. <laughs> oh, it's great. Catch up. Okay. I'll have to check it out. Um, Suits is coming back. Um, I guess without Megan Markell, I guess she's done Suits. No, she's she marrying can't do that. Him. No, no, no. She can't even it's take a, a selfie. She's not going to be on TV. I'm, saying, I'm pretty sure she's Gantley done with TV. Clad. But, oh, baby. I'm going to be in the day. Still a piece of that action. <laughs> oh, goodness. She does have hot. the number one nose in Hollywood. Number one requested news. Yes, she does. That's right. Number one requested news. Uh, my news made the list. My news was listed as the least requested news in all of Hollywood. Oh. Yes. Oh, yeah. So congratulations to me on that. <laughs> I just learned some new uh, contouring techniques for my news. Apparently, I was doing it so it would stand out more. <laughs> That's not <laughs> what you want to do. <laughs> no, I was actually going to say, you have a very good news. You have a well-placed news. Yes, you do. You do, especially for Italian descent. Usually Italian people have awful news. Shit. Oh, man. They do. Italian people normally have all... Look at this. Look at this thing on my face. Look at this. It's not a nose. It's like another city. Oh, please. It's like this giant nose. I don't know what kind of noses Irish people have. I got the kind of nose that make glasses jealous. Like I see other people's glasses looking at my glasses and saying, you lucky bastard, look at that thing you get to sit on. It's like a a recliner. It's like a glasses recliner. Oh. <laughs> and I have not had one drop of alcohol tonight, and I have uh, <laughs> thoroughly derailed. Kind of scary. Um, we also forgot on the 50th list, we forgot to um, say temporary rest in peace to what's on my playlist. One of, our, uh, one of our opening bits that we did uh, in the first run. But you never know, that might come back it could come back. It could come back in a very live way. That would be very live and nice, nice dropping. No quotations about nice dropping. Yeah. Speaking of music and, and music and things that music and musical taste, uh, Jewel did some mighty research today to find out a study confirms that your music taste doesn't really develop beyond your teen years, which is interesting. Um, as real by data, women's musical tastes are formed between the ages of 11 and 14. On average, men's musical tastes are virtually similar to the ages of 13 and 16. Uh, further states that exposure in individuals' um, early 20s 
seem to be half as influential as exposure in our teens. Do you think this is true? Do you think, you know, you kind of lock in what you like and that's it? I don't know. I'm torn. I mean, yeah, when I was 11 through 14, I did listen to the same stuff as I do now. But, I mean, the range has just gotten bigger. But I was lucky enough to have, like, four older siblings. So I got the best from, like, the 60s on. So, you know, I had my older brother that was into, like, Bob Dylan. And then uh, my next older brother, he was into, like, you know, more rock and then a little bit of grunge and then my sister was like the hootie and the bluefish years and then my younger youngest sister was like uh like rap and hip-hop so i I feel like i got a wide range and then you get your parents influences from like doo-wop and and all that kinds of things and and uh old school like my dad likes animals and the kinks and all that so uh yeah i mean i feel like it it expands especially for music people like us like we're just looking for like the next thing that'll catch our ear but um for the most part i think i had my uh styles locked down what would you say about your that, formative years <laughs> that makes my formative years that makes sense of like your your i guess your generalization of what you really enjoy and get established early i mean like i said we had bands on here that we try to discover i'm not a country music fan but we had a couple country artists on that i you know i tend to girdle like their stuff um class and and stuff like that but yeah, I guess you hear a new style of music, and every time I hear something that seems like a new style of music, I'm always like, oh, what is this? So maybe it's true. Yeah. Maybe it's it it gets kind of locked into what you want to listen to and what you want to grow accustomed to. Um, I got a very wide wide range. I like a lot of different things, but, you know, like I said, I start to sound like my dad when I hear something new, and I'm like, oh, what is this crap the kids are listening to these days? Yeah. <laughs> you know, so... I tell you what, though, when I went to college, it was big into that, like, chopped and screwed rap and, like, the really slow rap, like, more, like, down south stuff. I got, like, hooked into that, and that was, like, college. So, I don't know. I think it grows as you grow, but um, I still listen to Spice Girls and stuff. Like, ain't no shame in the game. No. (laughs) And it's funny because, you know, being in in high school and all, um, in the 80s, and I would listen to a band like, like Kiss. And Kiss had their changeover in the 80s. It became like a glam rock band where they were like, you know, the the face paint and the pyrotechnics and, and hard rocking music in the 70s. And that's what I grew up with. Like you said, my brother was all listening to it. You know, it's what you heard in the house all the time. And um, then you get into high school and all the kids were like, you listen to these guys? Like, these guys are like kind of queer. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, oh, really, I love these guys. And you're like, yeah, okay. But yeah, like I said, at the time they became glam rock, so wasn't the coolest thing for uh, us suburban kids to listen to glam rock, but um, more towards my, my high school years, like I said, I developed a little like I like I developed a like for rap, um, but it's all the stuff now that's like classic rap, Public Enemy and LL Cool J and stuff like that, because that was really making its mark then, and um, all the little suburban kids used to like getting into that stuff too. So. And that's what it is now. It's like classic rap because we're older, so those are like our classics. And the good, the good people will stay, and they become legends, like Run DMC and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, the the rest fade away. And but I, I hate this new like uh, mumble rap. I can't hear or understand what you're saying type deal. <laughs> I get you. Um, and, and the funny thing is, it's. I guess the show becomes kind of a blessing because to discover new music, I rarely listen to the radio. 
Um, remember, Ruin, the only radio I listened to was us here. Only <laughs> oh, just took a sip of it. Something just knocked Jewel clear off her ass, whatever that was. It's actually got blurry eyed and dizzy. That was a good moment right there. This is the Ooh. reason why we got to go like live TV with these ships. You missed out on the good stuff, the facial effects and the things hanging behind us in the background. But, um, oh. Oh, you know, I rarely listen to radio. Like I listen to um, maybe 1% of them I listen to an actual radio. So to discover right. new music more or less comes off the Internet. Even like Greta Von Fleet, I stumbled upon them from Facebook posts. And now I'm a massive fan and want to see them in May, and that should be great. But yeah, it's hard to discover new music if you're not listening to the radio. <laughs> and that's the thing now, too. You have any kind of music you want at your fingertips, where we didn't as kids. Like, we actually right. had to, I don't know, record it, like, on a cassette tape <laughs> and make mixtapes so we could hear our favorite songs over and over. Like, we you had to write on down lyrics, mind. kids. We couldn't look yeah. up lyrics like you guys do, so exactly. you're lucky. We used to have to, LA said you would put it on a cassette tape write like JP's car jams and then you'd actually carry in the car a piece of paper with the names of the songs on it for like the first yeah. month until you memorized them because you forgot like oh this tape's great it's got uh, Faith No More and, and yeah. the cars <laughs> you would burn CDs and you would have every single song written like on the CD that was on there yeah. that's great no that's yeah. you couldn't even skip past a song if you had a song oh, on no. the set you had, you had to fast forward all right, so mm-hmm. let's get down to uh, our very special guest tonight joining us, uh, the wonderful comedic actress, Miss Lisa Link. Welcome to the Stoop Radio Show. Hey! Hi, Lisa. Hi. How Lisa, are you? Is it, is it Link? It's Linky. It, Great question. It is Linky. Thank you. <laughs> I, I said that coming into the show, and the thing that kind of led me off is your Twitter says it's Linky, and I'm thinking she's kind of telling people, hey, it's not Link. So thank you for that, and I, I didn't. I guess I embarrassed myself as much as I thought I would, so thank you. <laughs> no, 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 no. I get it all the time. I get a variety of spellings and pronunciations, so it's nothing that I'm unfamiliar with. <laughs> All right, excellent. I'm glad I could be just another face in the crowd of getting it wrong. Thank you for uh, <laughs> cooperating with that. <laughs> yeah, I like to start off an interview with something comfortable and, and familiar. So thank you. Sure, absolutely. That's what we do here, and we're very glad to have you. Um, I like what I see so far. You seem very upbeat. You do some great character roles. So let's talk about some some things. Um, you got into business as an improv comedian. That's something I'm jealous of because I love watching improv. Um, tell us oh. about your start. How did you, how you first got into that? Yeah, I was actually in grad school, um, and I saw an ad in the school uh, paper. This woman was starting an improv group, and I was like, I need to do that. And um, I, it just, it felt like skin, it was so fun. And I kept telling myself like, oh, this is just a way to kind of get a break from um, classes and studying. And, you know, that's not at all what it was. It was me being like, this is what I want to do. So, <laughs> um, just like that. After right. I graduated, yeah, I moved up to Chicago to start working. And then, of course, I was working during the day and then um, taking classes at um, Second City at night and just kind of over the course of a couple of years just switched so that my day job was performing. So it was really great. 
That's awesome. Were you always comfortable yeah. on stage? Did you do anything like when you were younger? Yeah, I was always such a ham. I'm um, an extrovert in a family of introverts. So in order to get any of my needs met, I had to like really ham it up. Uh, so I've always been comfortable performing. Yeah, oh. yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. And to me, like uh, like I said, I like to think I'm funny. I like to think I'm the center of attention when I'm out. And you know, everybody's always asking me to be yes. funny. But how hard? How hard is improv? Like, where where's the thought process? And and how do you go through that so quickly? Yeah, you know, it seems harder than it is. Um. It's not that hard if you're willing to kind of let go of an agenda and just listen and respond. And that's actually the hardest part. That's kind of what you have to train yourself to do is to kind of shut off all the extraneous thoughts in your head and really just become an excellent listener. Um, So communication is kind of at the root of all improv and excellent communication at that. So. If you can um, be willing to just kind of let go and not have control, then you can be a great improviser. Yeah. Was there, like, one particular person that helped you learn this skill, like, what as you were, you know, in Chicago? Or was there, like, a group of people that you, you know, bounced ideas back and forth off of? Or who made you feel, like, really comfortable? Yeah. I mean, it takes a village. (laughs) I I studied at a lot of different theaters and played with a lot of different people and learned from so many amazing improvisers and then started teaching and coaching. So all of that really kind of helps you learn your specific art of improvisation. And everyone's a little bit different. But, you know, there are some real masters who have kind of I'm from Chicago, and I was lucky enough to to kind of see them. And T.J. Jagodowski always makes me um, think of. He's just so graceful on stage um, and so fun to play with. Um, and I was really fortunate to kind of learn from him a couple times, and in particular, have him as my teacher. But you know, you just it, it's so easy in Chicago to kind of. And now in more cities, there's more improv kind of get, gaining foothold with theaters and whatnot. But it's just so easy to kind of make that your life and, and really fun to kind of embrace it. Um, so I love it. I still love it. I miss it. I don't improvise as much as I, as I used to. And I'm okay with that because I'd rather be doing TV and film, but I do miss it. That's for sure. Yeah. Did, um, did you help other people like yourself? Did you see any like new nervous up and comers that you went and reached out a hand to like, Hey, you know, I can help you with this or that. Yeah, I mean, I think that's also what's great about Chicago, especially, um, you know, there. when I began, there weren't as many female improvisers, so we did kind mm-hmm. of, um, you know, lift one another up whenever we could and, and offer up opportunities to help each other coach or teach um, to kind of get a foothold in. And, um, yeah, I mean, it, it it is so funny. There, everybody kind of plays with everybody else. So there's a few, you know, groups of people who are obviously, like, on the main stage at Second City that, that they kind of are, are paid to perform and, and do their show nightly. Um, and then the rest of us just kind of have a great time 
you know, <laughs> get together and do an improv and, and, and really enjoy when we get to play with new and different people. Um, and I was at one of the theaters that I was involved with called The Playground uh, in Chicago, which is still there. We had this great thing um, on Thursday nights called The Mixer. And you would show up and get a quick little workshop, and then we would just kind of draw teams like um, like kickball, and then you'd get to play with new people. And so that was really wow. fun. It was a great way for people who were still studying to get stage time because it's just, you know, it's just hours and repetition of stage time to kind of get get your feet under you. Yeah. That sounds That's so fun. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, it so now. It's really, really fun. <laughs> it's, it sounds fun. I would love to do that. I don't know if I could be as sharp. Though. It's something you definitely have to uh, hone the skill. Um, so you're quickly becoming, and when uh, I spoke to your PR per people and they had asked um, about having you on, I was thrilled because once I saw you, you became that face. Quickly becoming, oh, there's there's that actress again because you've been on some sh- on, on some big <laughs> yeah. shows, Modern Family, Blackest, This Is Us and some others we'll talk about a little bit down the line. How exciting is it to suddenly be getting the break and getting on big shows and, and acting with these big stars? Oh, my God, are you kidding? It's like a dream. I mean, <laughs> because, first of all, craft services is going to be, like, really good on a hit show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, but it's just so fun to be on a show that people watch. You know what I mean? And, uh, I mean, it's fun to work, so – it's amazing to get a, a gig and to book it and to then be able to go to set and work. It's icing on the cake that it's a show that people watch. You know, it's super, it's like, it's like a birthday cake when it's a, a, an episode that like is kind of under wraps. It's just so much fun. And then to have people see you and say, Oh my God, you know, like that's, that's really great. But for me, the real joy is in just getting to go to set and work and seeing how different sets, um, function and it's, it's really it's I just love having a set to go to I, and I want to do it every day <laughs> yeah for sure and we also yeah. saw that you that you were on Shameless a few years back which is a favorite of ours we've had Steve Haley on the show who's great oh, um, what yeah. was it like yeah what was it like on the set well so that was still when I was living in Chicago because they filmed their exteriors in Chicago so that right. was oh. my first co-star and I was so over the moon that I had booked it and I just soaked it up. I was like, I don't know what I'm doing or where I'm supposed to be. So just <laughs> tell me, like when I checked in, I was like, just tell me where you want me to go. And I just <laughs> had a great time. Like it was just fascinating to me to see and that that they work really, really fast when they're in Chicago. So it was really fun and wonderful and um it it was it was just so exciting. I was like, this is great. And, um, yeah, I, as much as I love improv and the collaborative nature of it, I anything that's film and TV related is, like, ten times more collaborative, in my opinion, just because there's sure. so many more people working to make each moment happen. Um, yeah. so I love it. I absolutely love it. When, uh, when you're on Shameless, and this is one of the main reasons I love watching it, when you were on it, did you watch – the scenes and say, God, my life is so normal compared to this dysfunction. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, I love that show too. And you know, it's so oh, funny yeah. when I watched the pilot originally, it was tough for me. I wasn't sure if I liked it because I was like, these are real people's lives though. Like there are a lot of people who yeah. really live this way. I don't know if I can, sure. if I feel comfortable laughing at it. Um, yeah. 
<laughs> but, you know, they really did kind of find their footing and, and find their point of view and make it comfortable for you to really um, love and hate the characters, you know, and, and um, sure. love some and just really ugh, hate others. And it's so fun to hate Frank. It really is. <laughs> yeah. Of course it is. That's probably the best part of the show. <laughs> I have a few yeah, friends in my yeah, family, so. so well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I love that show. I feel like it's such a great dramedy out there. It's it's one of the best. Yeah. And you were, I mean, you're around all these huge actor, actresses and actors all day long. Um, who have been some of your favorite? Do you have any, like, memorable stories or anything? Yeah, so when I was on Modern Family... That was a super top secret episode because it was the one where everybody got to interact with a celebrity. So my storyline was with Ty Burrell and Chris Martin was on set that day. Chris Martin from Coldplay. And so that was like the whole set was just like a buzz and super excited and everything was different. And we were on location in a hospital. So like everything was different and they were all just kind of like (laughs) – and it was really fun and just to watch um, I mean that show is so funny and so just to watch Ty Burrell work with Julie Bowen and work with Steve Levitin who created the show and then also watch them work when they have a celebrity on set who's not necessarily an actor but was gung-ho to do everything you know like it, it was fascinating that day I just like was a sponge absorbing everything very cool. Uh, while you were while you were doing Modern Family, you may you may or may not be able to answer this question. I'm going to ask you: When you were doing Modern Family, how many times did Sofia Vergara ask for me? Was she asking for me when I what I was up to? Was she trying to get my I'll phone number? What? It was so <laughs> annoying and obnoxious. She held up production so many times that they were like, "I can imagine." Where's that Jeff Potter? You've, you've got to just find him on your own. Yeah. <laughs> I knew that was going to happen. I'm, I'm sorry to tie everybody yeah. up. Um, so, yeah, I wish uh, you would just go ahead and, and date her because she's just, <laughs> you know, it's, she's heartbroken. Well, i got to let her sweat it out a little bit. I'll, I'll break down eventually, but for now, I'll let her sweat it out just a little bit. Yeah, yeah. now she has LC from True Blood, so she, I think she's good for Yeah, her. yeah, you missed your chance. Uh, yeah. You missed your chance. <laughs> Darn it. He's, he's okay looking, I guess, if you're into that kind of thing. A little bit. <laughs> Um, So let's talk about some new stuff. You're working on a new series for Netflix called Love. Um, Is it really, is it different doing like regular network TV as opposed to Netflix stuff or is it all the same? And and what's this this about, this series Love? Tell us a little something about it. Love it. Yeah, so I'm on their third and final season and it just released, which is great. It released like uh, 10 days ago, two weeks ago. Um, And it stars uh, Gillian Jacobs and Paul Russ. Um, and it's a Judd Apatow and Paul Russ and Paul's wife, Leslie Arifin, uh created it. And it's brilliant and fun and funny. Um, I, I, Netflix is different in that there's so much money. They're just investing so much money in creating content. So you want to talk about craft services. Okay. Uh, that was delightful. Um, but, I mean, in terms of, like, the actual process, the process is the same. Um, everybody felt a little more relaxed on that set, but that could just be that set too. I haven't done a lot of, um, streaming platform, uh, shows. So, um, you know, when I book a couple more and I have like a a legitimate sample, I can can let you know. (laughs) I just think they 
have like a different pace, you know, like they know what time they're going to be done. They know what time they have to air and they tend to film all their episodes at once and then they release later. So like I filmed that last June and they released all the episodes in um, March. So okay. it's not such like a, I think like a, Shonda Rhimes always used the example of a train coming down a track and like the, you have to build the track because the train is coming. So oh, wow. the production schedule, I, I feel like on, on network TV is a little more harried just because, you know, they, it has to air in a couple of weeks. So it's a little different. Yeah. And I, I feel yeah. like, uh, cause I love love. I love girls. Uh, Judd Apatow, you, it's like when you watch something, you can kind of tell that it's a Judd Apatow production. Um, yeah. Did you yeah. Did you get to see how like the mind works and and just the comedy? Because I feel like everyone is really chill. It's almost like you're just watching a Big Brother episode when you're watching a Judd Apatow comedy. <laughs> yeah, they're really big on um, letting the dialogue feel natural and a lot of improvisation. And I got to improvise with. Um, Ed Bagley and Kathy Baker, who were playing um, Paul Rust's parents. So that was really fun for me. And um, yeah, it was just really, it was, it was laid back and they took their time. It, it was nice. It was, it was super, super fun. Awesome. Very cool. Um, so, yeah. you know, we talk, we talk about, you know, you watch Shameless. Uh, what else do you watch when, when you're not working and when you're not watching yourself? What other shows do you like? Do you like to get into comedy? Do you like to branch out a little bit during your relaxed time? What kind of shows uh, pique your interest? Yeah, I watch a ton of TV. Don't <laughs> <laughs> we all? Um, yeah, it's a problem. I always have. But, you know, I was talking about this the other day with my, my friend Kitty uh, Carlton, and we realized that we both do comedy and write comedy and love um, to perform comedy. We like to watch a lot of drama. So um, what I've been getting into on Hulu is Hard Sun. It's a BBC and Hulu production. And it's, I love a good British procedural because the dialogue is never overworked. And it's, you have to kind of piece it together, and they love to just kind of let clues drop little bit by little bit. And mm-hmm. I just think this one is really, really cool. Um, so I love that. And uh, I also love, like, shoot 'em up action. I mean, I'll watch Blind Spot as long as the day, is, you know, as there's sunlight in the day, I'll watch it. And I'm just kind of a drama and action junkie, actually. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. So you like action movies. Have you ever seen yourself in an action role or what would be like your dream role that you haven't already played? I mean, I feel like Melissa McCarthy and Spy kind of took that off the market. So that would just be my dream. Um, But I, you know, I grew up watching like Alias. I loved anything J.J. Abrams I love. Um, So anything like that. I mean, if there's room for like a slightly quirky and dorky maybe not really where she's supposed to be spy i am there that is like my <laughs> <That's little house. laughs> it's a great cover i feel like it's a really great cover that's awesome <laughs> so you had mentioned you had mentioned um katie collotten and of course wants to bring me to my next question because i, I love the show uh you're uh, you're doing like a recurring role on tv land show teachers um we had yeah. a couple of ladies on uh, about a year ago. We had a couple of ladies on uh, members of the Katie Dids. Um, yeah. Of course, they're also that's where they got started improv acting as well. Um, is that kind of where uh, 
kind of inspiration of you? Are you familiar with the ladies? Is that how you got the spot on the show? So I know all of them from Chicago, um, and I used right. to teach Katie Carlton in um, Level 1 Improv at, at I.O., which is Improv Olympic. Um, so I've known her for a long time. She's one of my nearest and dearest friends out here in L.A. And she, um, when they got that show, I was so happy for them. They shot it as a web series in Chicago first, and I had a, a small recur on that. I was in a couple of short scenes there. Um, and then, you know, was just so thrilled for them when they were shooting. And then season one, I got a, a little co-star kind of playing a mean mom. And then they brought her back, mean mom again in season two. And <laughs> nothing more fun than me screaming at my friends. <laughs> sure. It's really great. And they have such a fun set, too. Because, I mean, uh, and, you know, when I first heard it turn you know, started as a web series, it became a regular show. It's very inspiring. I think they're all great. I yeah. think the show is hilarious, and I love their, their shtick. Uh, does it make you feel good and, and make you feel that much prouder than when you see, like, a bunch of women starting out like you, improv women, taking on, you know, big screen TV and tackling it? Does that lead you to believe, you know, maybe somewhere down the line there's your own show? Yeah, I mean, God willing, put it out there. Keep putting it out there, buddy. <laughs> sure, I, I mean, um, I like it. I, I think you hold it great. You, you know, you're very quick with your comedy. You got a great delivery, very fun. So, you know, I'm, I'm down. I'd like to see it. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Um, uh, I'm looking for a hype man, so I feel like you're kind of hitting all the right points. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, I think they were very fortunate in that they um, had kind of come together and were creating content and then met a great um, production company who wanted to work with them. And they had some, they had great representation and they worked really, really hard. So like all the stars aligned and it, it just worked well. And TV land was kind of just in the moment of wanting to switch up their programming a little bit. So everything just kind of fell in alignment for them, which is, you know, nine tenths of what it needs to happen out here. And, um, and they just work so hard and I, I am just so happy and proud for them. And then of course, so grateful that they um, had me audition to, to be on the show. And, you know, that that's a real um, blessing for me to have friends who are casting and are, are EPs of shows. That's really exciting. Awesome. That's awesome. And it's great to feel comfortable at work, you know. You never want to feel uncomfortable yeah. like I do every day. <laughs> yeah, I know. I wanted to maybe sidebar with you about that. Maybe we can have another day where it's just you and sure. me and talking about it. <laughs> oh, my God, I'm crying. <laughs> oh, <geez. sighs> so you're also big into um, – you're also big into fit- – <laughs> Yeah, we're probably not going to get past this for a hot second. I think we yeah, can no, enjoy it. Uh, that is pretty good because, I mean, like, that's, I mean, because obviously we have jobs outside of this. And, and usually when me and Joel aren't talking about show stuff, we are bitching about our lives outside of the show. That's why we love this uh, yeah. hour and a half to two hours yeah. we get. No, I meant the and show. When she's, at, when she's at her job, she's bitching about her night job. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, oh, I'm not even thinking, you know, uh, the career process sucks. This guy's an asshole. I'm like, wait a minute. I wonder what she's talking about. And meanwhile, it's me. <laughs> I just lost my job as Lisa Linky's hype man, too. I'm getting destroyed here. Just that fast. <laughs> well, it was, oh, brief. it was a brief but glorious career. 
<laughs> it was. I, I could put it on my resume, and I'm, I'm very proud. People yes, will be calling yes. you for references and just say the kind of things about you. I will, I will be glowing in my recommendations. Um, You're the but best. No, I'm with you. I feel like, you know, when I was in Chicago, um, I was working as a consultant during the day. And then at night I was doing improv and, you know, I was kind of living two lives. I was almost doing a full-time job outside of my job between classes and performances and rehearsals and, you know, going to shows and um, which shows, I think it just kind of gives people a good sense for what they really want to be doing when you're willing to pay money to do something that takes as much as a full-time job and invest yourself and time and energy and resources into it. You know, you're more than happy. I think then when it becomes an opportunity to actually start making money, it feels like such a win. Yeah, totally. Um, Even like at, even at like my, uh, my one job, a couple of people said, hey, I listen to your radio show all the time, and it's great, and you're such a different person. Why aren't you that way here? And my answer is, because this sucks, and my radio show is good. Yeah. I'm honest. It sucks here. I don't want to be here. I'd rather be there. You were like, i got to save it. I can't waste it all day on you, schmucks. i got to save it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so um, you're also, uh, we see you're also big into photography. Um kind of like a second love for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything special you like to shoot or just like to go out sometimes just kind of let loose with a camera and, and capture life? I really only take photos of my dog and other people. <laughs> okay. But I take great pictures of my dogs and other people's pets. Sometimes I'll get a good photo of your kid if I'm around, but mostly I make your dog look amazing. Oh. We have some pretty cute dogs here. <laughs> we can yeah, do we this. do. So. Oh. <laughs> cute nice. <laughs> I'll give you my big tip. It's um, the Hipstamatic app. It's expensive and a little clunky, but it is. it really makes you look like a great photographer. Oh. Awesome. That's what I need. I definitely yeah. need help with that. Yeah. Um, one last thing I wanted to ask about um, – and I haven't really followed it to see. Uh, you had something called Sunday Suggestions on Instagram, kind of like um, yeah, Suggestions take, Sundays. Yeah, it's a week. You'll take show a recommendation live on Instagram. Tell us a little something yeah, about that. So that sounds pretty thrilling. It is. It, it, it is thrilling. Um, I find it <laughs> thrilling, and then I hope you and your listeners will find it thrilling. So basically, every Sunday at twelve thirty p.m. Pacific, which is three thirty Eastern. I yes. hop on Instagram Live, and so if you follow me or find me, you can just um, click on my icon or my picture, profile picture, and that will take you to my live show. And for about 30 to 40 minutes, if there's, if there's interest, I take suggestions in the comment section so people can type in whatever they want, and I create 60 to 120-second character scenes. Um, monologues, et cetera. So I'm just improvising based off what whatever people suggest. And then sometimes now Instagram has this really cool split, scene, split screen technology for live. So I can invite people in and we do a scene together. Sometimes I will do a scene with everybody who's um, watching where they can type in anything they want in the comment section and that becomes part of the dialogue in my scene. So we just play a lot of fun improv games and have a good time and there's opportunities for people to plug their own stuff, whether it's a blog or a show or a podcast or whatever. And it's just kind of an, it's been a nice way for me to improvise a little bit weekly in a different format and engage with people. 
and I've gotten a couple characters out of it that I'm I'm writing a short right now, and I I absolutely love the character so much. I can't wait to film it. Oh my god, we can't we can't wait to see it. Um, I absolutely love <laughs> Waggy Lee. <laughs> yeah, your character. Um, can you talk a little bit about the Dog Mom series? Yeah, are you familiar with Dance Moms on Lifetime? Of course. Oh, thank you. That's that's always the best answer. And also, I'm sorry, because that is just like the worst. It's the worst. It's the best and the worst. If, um, if you're not familiar, it's the seven season or eight season series of young girls who do competitive dance and their mothers. Um, and it surrounds one studio teacher named Abby Lee Miller out in um, starting in Pittsburgh, and then they eventually moved to L.A., She's currently in prison, but that's neither here nor there because the show is really about the tension between the mom and Abby Lee because Abby Lee is not what you would call um, kind to children. She's really a drill sergeant, and the whole time you watch it, you just think these moms are going through that they're racking themselves with guilt because they know that their children are being like emotionally manipulated and abused, but also their children are dying to be good dancers. So like, it's, it's, listen, I tell you, it's compelling storytelling, but I hated myself so much for watching it because I thought if there was a show that like emotionally abused dogs for one second, I would move heaven and earth to get that show off the air. But here yeah. I was tuning in every Tuesday night to see what was up with Maddie and Mackenzie and um, what was going to be the drama this week. And so really I made that, that parody out of just a true hatred of myself. So I created Dog Moms and I play Waggy Lee Miller. And um, my friends and I um, had great hair and makeup that made us look like the moms. And then we get our dogs and we put dogs in wigs and costumes and I scream at dogs. Um, about how terrible they're doing and what what shitty dancers they are, and it's really enjoyable. It's truly, it's, truly enjoyable. I love Maddie yeah. too, like M A T T I. That's my dog Wrigley. That's my dog oh. Wrigley, and I put him in a Sia wig and a nude bodysuit, and he was so mad at me that day. He was like, "What is wrong with you?" <laughs> And then oh I my was just goodness! Like, Run around! Oh, it was really. We had six dogs on set one day, and it was it was a little bizarre, but it was really fun, and I, it, it turned out great. Like I love that the episodes are five minutes and under. I think there's one that's like seven, but some of the episodes have like thirty, forty thousand views. It's kind of crazy, and I wow. they're not embedded anywhere. They're just kind of for people searching for dance moms and then finding it. I think. <laughs> It's like, this is what you get for searching dance moms. Like, this is what you're really yeah. watching. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's I hilarious. You want it? Totally you want completely. it? Yeah, I would hijack the Twitter feed every Tuesday night when the dance moms were tweeting. And I would be like, Great. you think that's bad? Wait till you see what Waggy Lee did. You know, like, Damn you, Waggy Lee. I was Lee. a little obnoxious about it. I was my own hype. I didn't have a hype person. See, I had to do my own hype. Oh, we'll hype it now. Yeah, definitely, because yeah. it's, it's hilarious. Yeah, and and that's and that's exactly what I'm talking. About. You have a a great creative mind. You do funny stuff, and, and you got us laughing. Tonight is actually our fiftieth uh, episode with me and Jewel doing it together. So uh, we couldn't ask for a better guest for our fiftieth. You had us laughing. Oh, it was you just guys, such a great time. 
Thank, Thank you so you. much. Uh, I mean, it, it's been around for many years, but me and Jewel took it over our, ourselves recently, and this is our 50th, and we thank you so much for coming on. You're absolutely hilarious. We'd like to invite you back sometime. Would you like to do it again? Oh, my God. Nothing would make me happier. Oh, thank awesome. you so much. We will, uh, we will reach out this and if you want to learn more. If you ever come to the Philly area, we're, we're, we're yeah. local, so... <laughs> I love the city of brotherly love and sisterly affection. It's gorgeous. Beautiful. Anytime you're in town, just drop us a line, and uh, we'll show you that we'll show you the city, the fun way. Yes, please. <laughs> yes, I love it. I love it. <laughs> so um, to learn more, there is a website www.lisalinky.com. L-I-S-A-L-I-N-K-E. Lisalinky.com, and um, she's popping up everywhere. Don't forget to catch her on Netflix series Love. For season three, Lisa Linky, thank you so very much for coming on. We had an amazing time. Have yourself a great evening. Thank you so thank much, you guys. You too. Bye. Thank you. Take care. Bye bye. Wonderful, upbeat, happy, funny. That was that's perfect. Like I said, this is our fiftieth, and that is about <laughs> everything we've ever done on the show in a nutshell. Perfect. Thank you so much, Lisa Linky. Amazing. She's the second uh, person to make me cry on the show. The first was Tony Chen. <laughs> the second was Lisa yeah, Linky. Yeah. Tony Chen, we cried for a whole different reason with Tony Chen. <laughs> yeah. Telling you the story about his family starving in China. Uh, that, that was terrible. I mean, not to make light of that, but that was terrible. But uh, hilarious. And I mean, she was right. She said, I think we're stuck in this moment for a while. Might as well just make the most of it. And there we are just <laughs> yeah. laughing hysterically. And it's great. We've had... um. We do have some guests on to make us laugh, and there's nothing I love more. So we talk about uh, 50th, and we got a nice congratulations from Lisa. Um, you, know, you know, usually TV shows are our, our 200th episode. Hey, me, 50. I'm just happy to still be sitting here. But uh, people to come yeah. on and, and make us laugh, and most of our, our guests make us laugh. People that we don't expect, we think have serious topics, uh, end up having us crack up. And uh, we had uh, Sean Kanan on very early. He was our second guest. He's also a comedian, uh, hilarious. He has laughing the storm. House Sparks had us laughing. Bart Chateau had us laughing. Uh, Lisa Linky, mm-hmm. of course, and, and so many others because everybody has funny things to say, good things to say. And that's what I said. The interviews we do here, it's real. It's real life. It's laid back. It's natural. And, uh, it was almost like she was the third member of our crew instead of a it special was. guest. <laughs> I know. It was awesome. I did. I felt such at ease. It was, it was great. I loved having her on. Yeah, and we talked about her about uh, – nervousness and then being on the show and, and getting nervous and meanwhile perfect nice and lead back having a hoot Excellent. having a hoot and like i said i uh her pr people reached out to me and uh she's got the same uh pr team as uh, brooke lewis who also was pretty funny and, and pretty outlandish she was great too um and sometimes you know you say hey who do you have let's talk about people let's bring people on and i said you know Somebody that's up and coming and having a great career going the right direction is Lisa Linky. And I said, oh, let's take a look. And I said, as soon as I saw her face, I'm like, I know her. I've seen her on shows. Mm-hmm. She's, she's like that she's like that new face. Uh, like there's always those actors you see everywhere. Like, oh, I know them. And that, that's going to be yeah. her. We love her. And like I said, her own show, I would watch it. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. Yeah, I was just um, – it, it's amazing, like, who you see in, like, old movies too because I was watching uh, – Oh, this comedy with Jason Biggs, Wedding Days, and it was really funny. And then the next uh, movie was Heartbreakers, and they're like Heartbreakers with Jennifer Love Hewitt and what's her name? Yeah. Weaver. Jordan and Weaver. That's a good movie. Zach Galifianakis. 
I didn't say the name right. But, like, <laughs> that's one of his first movies. Like, who would have known that? It's crazy. That's a pretty good movie. It's kind of an underrated movie. I think anything that features Jennifer Love Hewitt is automatically a yeah, good movie. Yeah, I know why you watch. <laughs> <laughs> I was intrigued, to say the least. Um, did I rehash? Did I re relay, replay, re-say the top five list tonight? I didn't, did I? Oh, anyway. It's, it's pretty self-explanatory. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess. Good list. Good good time tonight. Good show. Um, <laughs> Sweaty balls. <laughs> good time. Sweaty balls. <laughs> good time. <laughs> oh, my God. Absolutely. I totally forgot what I was doing here. Oh, yeah. Back to um, topics. And speaking of young ladies, I like to watch two things. Um, <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with this. Paris Hilton. Yeah, that's where I'm going with this. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh uh, apparently Paris Hilton lost her enormous $2 million engagement ring while partying in a Miami nightclub. Everyone will see how that happens. Anyway, um, mm. the hotel heiress who is engaged to actor fiancé Chris Zoka was apparently distraught as the security team scoured the, ve- uh, the venue for her 20-carat diamond sparkler, which was eventually found in none other than ice bucket at another VIP table. Website reports that the ring flew from Paris's finger as she was dancing. What? <laughs> that is some kind of hint. Um, have you ever lost your ring? Well... You're still kind of new to the ring game. I, I got to tell you, it's a little—it's a little uncomfortable. I love it. It's a symbol. I do take it off when I play PlayStation. I take it off when I uh, go to bed. What? I take it off. I take it off when I'm talking to other women. You know, just, there's moments you got to take it off. <laughs> In your face. <laughs> you take it off playing PlayStation. You have to. And me and the wife had to talk about it. It gets in the way of the joystick. It's very what? hard to play. It, it is telling you. It gets jammed up in there. Oh my. Goodness, like play with you. You don't have to take your ring off. <laughs> I I don't often my when I play with my Wii U, I usually leave it on because I use my right hand for that. <laughs> you know what? I, I'll tell you. I, oh my god. Bad bad joke. But uh, I don't understand. I'm, like I'm auditioning I mean, for the Lisa Linky show. Apparently, I'm doing very good. Yeah. Um. I, I, I don't understand because like I I would never take it off. Like I take it off to like look at it sometimes, but then it goes right back on. Like I don't take it off to like get in the shower or anything. Like I mean I've only had it for like a month, but granted, like it doesn't really get in the way. The only thing I could see it get in the way of was maybe like playing softball or something. But still, like I would have the glove like covering that hand, so I don't think it would get in the way. <laughs> What? <laughs> and I'm just going back to playing Wii U, just getting all lost up in that moment. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, I mean, there's there's moments, and my wife does it. Like, she'll shower, she'll take it off. She'll take it off when she goes to bed. We, we both do. Um, not the end of the world. It does get to be a little much at times. But I can't imagine, especially one of this size and that and magnitude that just flew off her finger. You think maybe there's more to the story? You think maybe they had a little argument? She took it off and gave it a chuck? I don't know. And you know who this kid is? He's uh, he's the guy who plays 
Um, Kevin Garvey's son in The Leftovers. That's the only thing I've ever seen this kid in, so that's, I think, his claim to fame. But, uh, yeah, have you seen the thing? It's like a teardrop, and it's ugly as crap, but it's enormous. <laughs> and I don't know. It's just gaudy and terrible and teardrop shape. But, uh, it, yeah, she gets blasted when she goes out and parties, and I'm pretty sure she parties just as hard as she used to. So for that thing to, like, fly off her hand... Like, you would have had to notice that minute. Like, if it's that big, 20 freaking carats? Yeah. Like, are you kidding me? Yeah, that's not just going to... I mean, that's not something you look down like, oh, my God, I, it's gone. Um, yeah. I did lose, and I did this, and I, I don't know how I did it. Um, and I'm not going to brag, because it was a knockoff, but it was a beautiful knockoff. It was a, a, a Breitling watch. And it was big with the white face on it and the sweeping hand. It was beautiful. It was a knockoff. It still cost me 80 bucks. And I loved it. And I was at a conference, Tool, as a matter of fact, years ago. And I was just playing around, like acting like I was slam dancing with somebody. I was playing around in my seat. And I got up and uh, we went to leave and noticed it was gone. So, yeah, but that's, I mean, it's not a little different. It's gigantic. It took me a little yeah. bit to notice it was gone. But, I mean, I guess she had to be pretty fired up to just had this giant boulder go flying off her finger and it had just so happened to land in an ice bucket like is she that good a shot in an ice bucket ice bucket <laughs> they can't see me um you know what else i was gonna say like <laughs> men who work they came out with that new wedding ring that's like the working man because mike is afraid when he does get his ring that he's not going to want to wear it during work but they have those new yeah. like tungsten titanium yeah. or whatever they're shaped like drill bits and they fit on the finger nicely so no excuses okay swear damn ring don't lose it <laughs> no i don't lose it i still have it i'm not talking to you <laughs> <laughs> I don't lose it. um they also have the, the a lot of men wear the uh rubberized ones now just a symbolic one when they work they need a real one at home, and they wear like a rubber symboled one. You haven't seen this? You give me that look. Is that like something dirty? I don't want any parts of that. <laughs> no, no, it's actually, it, it's they're usually, um, I guess usually black, and it's um, it's a ring. It looks like a ring, but it's rubberized. And I guess they said men wear it when they're working, so they have to worry about damaging it. And I guess this way they keep the symbolism there, but it's not their actual ring. It's kind of like I've never heard of that. I've heard of no, like really. tattoos. And you know the new yeah, thing, it's actually what millennials have been doing is embedding their diamonds into their skin. Have you heard this? No. Ouch. They get like piercings on that finger, but the diamond is like in their skin. But you know what? They would never lose their ring. <laughs> yeah, probably not. Um, this was nothing that was like planned for the show, but uh, not around <laughs> the topic. Weirdest piercing you've ever seen. Uh, on somebody. What? Like, have done? Yeah. I went with my girlfriend to get her tatas pierced, and that was pretty <laughs> scary because I just, it was just hard to watch. Um, That's pretty bad. But, uh, and the guy, he was like a really old guy, and he was like talking about the benefits of like, oh, well, when you have a baby and the breast milk and all this and that, I'm like, Oh, Jesus, like, why is he trying to, like, justify it? Like, just do the damn thing. Anyway, long story short, she got an infection, and the piercing, like, ripped through. 
Ugh, terrible. Oh, the, my God. I, I know. But the, the one I really don't understand that has no purpose, it doesn't look good, it's pointless, is behind the neck. Like, why yeah. would you get why would you get that pierce? I don't understand. And it's just like a, a bar or studs or something like that. It looks <laughs> I don't painful, get it. too. It does. The weirdest one I ever saw, and I, 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 I still can't even fathom it. Um, and at first, like, people were like, oh, it's fake. And then she took one out. And there was a girl, and I'm, I'm showing Jewel, but nobody can see my hands. <laughs> she had all <laughs> ten of her fingernails pierced. And not like towards the top, like the real long nails. It was pierced at the finger. It was um, the nastiest. It was the nastiest looking thing I've ever seen, and that it makes no sense to me. Like, how, first of all, yeah, I'm you're shaking your hands like I'm shaking my hands because it sounds painful as shit. And they grow out. So what happens then? It's not like a refill. I, I, I really, ugh, I don't know. It's disgusting. Kind of like people uh, get. Their lips tattooed. Who just had that done? Was it one of the Jenner kids? I'm not sure. They had the inside yeah. of the lip pierce. Really? Yeah, they're not the first ones to do it. Little assholes. <laughs> <laughs> little assholes. That's something. <laughs> they are. <laughs> uh, that's what we like about this too. We just uh, say it as we feel it. <laughs> I think both of those Jenner kids need a spanking and come to my house and I'll take care of it. Oh my good lord. Oh, spanking. Um, speaking of people that need spankings, uh, did you happen to catch any of 60 Minutes last night with the lovely and classy Miss Amy Daniels? No. How'd that go? Uh, I gotta tell you. Again, we don't really do politics on this show. not really our thing. Um, she claims to be 39 years old. She could easily pass for 50-something. Um, I guess it's that porn star mile she has on her face getting slapped so much dick. I, I don't know. <laughs> because, I mean, 39. she looked... She, yeah, she claims to be 39. She looked flat-out worn out. But Dude, my question... She had it done, like, major drugs. My question to you, of course... <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, amongst other things. What's the question? <laughs> oh, I had to, I'm sorry, I had to uh, just look at something up real quickly. I'm going to screw nothing up there. Okay. Okay, so, obviously, she's a porn star. And when you're a porn star, you're going to get met and approached by celebrity people wealthy people. She's on there and she's basically saying how she had consensual sex with Donald Trump. Um, she didn't ask him to wear a condom. Um, she said she was creeped out by him a little bit but hung out with him, had sex with him, met him a few times. Uh, granted, Trump's married at the time so the infidelity part makes it a big no-no. But are you at all really intrigued by what she has to say? Does this really matter that much to you what's coming out of her mouth? No, I don't give a shit. I mean, it's just a payday for her. It's just, like, to make her relevant. Um, do I think he's a pig? Uh, yeah. But, like, 
I don't know. If she's saying it's consensual, like, like what are you trying to prove? I, I don't understand. Like, just take your money and go. Like, no one wants to see your old ass. <laughs> old looking ass. <laughs> old looking ass. And that's the thing. I mean, like, and it was funny because somebody made a joke on Facebook, and, and it's actually not a joke because I'm sure a lot of people have done this. If you, you know, if you go to Google, Google, like, um, Stormy Daniels video, probably the 8 millionth thing it's going to come up is her moments on 60 Minutes. There's yeah. going to be a video after video of her, you know, performing several acts on several different men. Um, and that's the thing. I don't really understand what she's after. I mean, she's there saying it's consensual. Um she didn't say she was raped. Uh, she didn't say that he was out of line. Um, outside of the fact that he's married, so obviously it's a cheating issue. But I, I really don't understand her going on a TV show and, and talking about this has really much to do with anything. No, it, you know what it is. She knows he's freaking Donald Trump. Like, it's Donald Trump. He has money. Like, she's a whore. Case closed. Like, <laughs> they're both, you know going to get what they want at the end of the day and she just again needs to take her money and shut up yeah agreed I mean I know like I said again we're not going to do politics we're not going to do things that stand out or try to be cutting edge I know a lot of people don't like Donald Trump but this really is a story that goes nowhere um right <laughs> I, like, I do like to scan social media because sometimes I do see the greatest things this is actually a very sad story but Time a little funny. Uh, in Hawaii, a scuba diver was hospitalized after his penis got stuck in a giant clam. <gasps> yeah. Um, a scuba diver is being hospitalized at the Kau Hospital on the island of Hawaii after he inserted his penis into a giant clam while recreationally diving. Honey, where's my super suit? <laughs> <laughs> The hell? No, there's a there's a clam. I hope this thing has a trap door because I want to stick my penis in it. <laughs> I mean, you know, you this it? this is right. First of all, yeah, how does he get naked? First of all, and second of all, like this might be the dumbest stunt ever. This is like when you're five years old and you get the the nine volt battery and you lick it and it shocks your tongue, and then you go ahead and you do it again, or you stick your finger in a light socket and you get that shock. Like, I'm thinking of dumb things. These are things that like five-year-olds do. This guy's 22 years old, and he stuck his penis in a live clam. Oh, my God. Like, I mean, I'm thinking of clams. I'm thinking of, like, little clams. Like, you know how you have the little tiny clams with, like, the tongue that comes out? But, like, they have the open clams, right, with, like, the squiggly shell that are just, like, sitting there waiting for things to come in there. Well, this is where the story gets even worse. If you look at the picture, uh, he's just swollen all over. And it's not a picture of his penis. But, but here's, here's where the story becomes a real catch. Um, he went to the hospital because he was suffering severe breathing complications, vomiting, extreme swelling, and low blood pressure. Doctors believe the physical contact with the giant mollusk may have triggered his allergy to seafood and exposed him to high levels of arsenic. <laughs> Oh, my God. He's going to die. He's really going to die. Uh, you know, um... Is he a eunuch now? Like, what happened? He, he, apparently, he said it was it was meant as a prank. Well, joke's on you, Slick, because 
<laughs> that is the worst case of seafood poisoning I've ever heard of in my entire life. Oh my God. And you don't watch Game of Thrones. I was going to call him Reef instead of Reek because Reek's a eunuch. Anyway. <laughs> Listeners guy, look at uh, it. <laughs> uh, I feel bad for the clam. <laughs> the, um, the clam apparently has a new name. His name is Cocksucker. <laughs> oh Cocksucker cock uh, the clam. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> that's pretty that good. Thing. I feel bad for the guy. I kind of feel bad for the clam. <laughs> I, I think I feel more bad for the clam. I really do. Uh, I know, like, dirty male piggish terminology of the '80s, clam was a reference for a female thing, and maybe he Got thought it. he was going to get some some kind of sensation. But <laughs> I, 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 you know, drunken clam. You know, in the showdown, man versus clam, I feel bad for the clam. Poor thing, just got to penis shoved right in it for doing nothing more than mind its own business. I don't think clams have souls. <laughs> huh? If he does, his is now tainted. God. I just say tainted. <laughs> this joke is just... <laughs> this joke is writing itself just over and over. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Woo. Woo was right. Get Lisa Linky back on here. Let's call her up. See what she's Talking got on this subject. Oh my God, that was, damn, that was a good few minutes. A lot of laughter here tonight on the uh, Stoop Radio Show. Here's something that's going to make you laugh. Wednesday night on the Stoop Radio Show, we have no guests. <laughs> we have plans. You know what, though? This is what we're going to do on Wednesday night for all you want to listen. We're going to uh, celebrate 50 years. 50 years. 50 <laughs> Summary 50 episodes. Me and you are going to do this. We are going to take down our top five favorite musical pieces that we've been treated to since doing the stoop. Ooh, I like Let's that. Do that. We'll do okay. that, and uh, or maybe you know, depending on time, maybe top ten. You know, we'll do will work tomorrow on um, list. Obviously, we don't we don't duplicate songs, so we'll write them down. Right. We'll, we'll compare notes. We'll. Uh, Bunk some or the other, depending on where they're at on our list. We'll play them Wednesday night. We'll have like a music night uh, mm-hmm. Wednesday night. We'll just play. We'll play some tunes. We'll do a little talk. Um, uh, good stuff and uh, plan for what's coming up. Uh, as far as what's coming up, we do have, like I said, we have a couple of uh, guests on a fringe I spoke to today. So we got a couple of people coming up. Uh, I do know April 9th we do have up and coming young rapper. Why not Tony? Tony Reed. Boop, boop. Yep, woo woo. It's up your alley, Jewel. I know you like. Uh, I know you like some rap. His, his lyrics are good. He's got good beat. Uh, very excited for that. So Tony's going to be on the show uh, April 9th. We do also again in May, May 2nd. We are going to bring back the amazing, the lovely, the beautiful, the gorgeous Lilith of Lilith in the Night. She's going to be back here uh, promoting a brand new song, which actually debuted the other night. And, uh, got pretty good reviews. I mean, a lot of people were very. Uh, very adamant about saying how great it was and Lilith is an excellent talent so we are excited for that we're excited to have her back and a lot of good stuff coming on uh, as we approach springtime thank god Whew. I mean are we there yet like my brother <laughs> came over my house earlier and we were just like sitting outside and like it, well the sun's setting us so it's kind of warm but it's still really cold so <laughs> can it just be spring please yeah, exactly. And like I said, we're, we're close. It's it's officially springtime. 
Um, we just haven't really gotten the spring weather, but it's coming. And, uh, no, I, I used to say for years that I'm not a big heat guy. I used to like the winter. Not anymore. I absolutely can't stand the winter time anymore. No. I'm not much too fan of the heat either. <laughs> I don't like the heat. <laughs> just give me no, comfortable. Yeah. Exactly. I like spring and fall. They're my two times of year. Extreme heat doesn't do great by me. Freezing cold doesn't do good by me, but we'll figure all that out. Um, yeah, so we, I got to see what's going to happen with me in my near future with my beer drinking because uh, I went to the doctor, got checked out. The liver enzymes are a little escalated. My cholesterol sucks. So it's time for a little diet. Time to fix me up a little bit. That's are you serious? Exciting. Yeah, yeah. I will help you. I gotta get that liver in shape. Gotta get the liver in shape. Gotta get my body in shape. Um, already looking at new diets, which, funny enough, when you have cholesterol issues, they they frown upon like eating pizza and cheeseburgers and stuff like that. <laughs> watch the salt. Watch the salt, and uh, actually watch the protein with the liver too, because the protein, too much of it, could uh, have a negative effect. I learned. Is that right? Yep. Mm-hmm. It's a fact. How about that? Back check me. Very interesting. I guess I'll have to uh, watch that also. There's like nothing good when you're dieting. <laughs> nothing nothing good comes when you're dieting. No. See, I just like, like to work out so I can like drink more. <laughs> That's <laughs> so not fair. That, like, I like that. Balances. So the nights I'm drinking, I'm like, mm, did I work out today? Should I have this 15th beer? Maybe. <laughs> Matter of fact, I get to do the uh, very exciting ultrasound tomorrow just to kind of find out what's up with my liver. That should be exciting. So uh, no food or drink intake. Uh, six hours before my appointment's at 945. So I can get off the air and indulge in <sighs> something. Bowl of cereal, maybe. I'm a cereal guy. Oh, yeah. Get that in you and then have a nice fasting. Yeah. I call it fasting, so it doesn't slow you down. Worst mm-hmm. process ever, fasting. But you know, you're all right. Coming of age. <laughs> I can laugh <laughs> about it now. Um, yeah, that's that's what's going on in life. New and exciting. Something to look forward to this summer season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. At least you just, you know. Did you go after the beer fest? <laughs> Is that... No, I, yeah, you know, I went before the beer fest. and. Okay. My apologies. I don't think my doctor listens to the show because I'd <laughs> never get him to never really get him the skinny on where to find it. But I do have to apologize to my doctor because he called me with the results Saturday afternoon as I walked out of Beer Fest, was walking down the streets of Atlantic City. Oh, Jesus. So he probably told me I'm going to die Tuesday, and I don't even know. So if you don't hear from me on Wednesday night on the stoop, you know what? You know oh, what? my God. <laughs> I have to ask you about that, though, because it's, it is legal now to walk on the boardwalk with an open container. How really? was that? Oh, yeah. Um, you don't have to hide yeah. anymore. Yeah, we didn't do the boardwalk. We did the streets. But I don't know if it's the same on the streets or not. Um, I think it's just on the boardwalk. Wow. it's pretty exciting news. I, I like that. Um, a quick funny story. Uh, me and Jewel always talk about things like directions we want to take with the show and things we'd like to do and I was joking around about like filming it uh, actually videotaping the show me putting it on YouTube or something and Jewel came around and said well what are we going to do about drinking can't sit there and have people watch us drink while we do the show 
and that's why I love her because that was her first thought. Not how the show going to play out, or how can we do this, and how can we do that, or equipment or anything of that nature. She wouldn't worry about our drinking habits while we're on the air. We just have to be like <laughs> Simon and Paula and have our big uh, Coca-Cola cups. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I'm all about that. All Not, about you that. don't know what the hell we're we're drinking. No one, no mind. one's business what we're drinking. That's right. We don't care what we're drinking. Right. We're smoking. We're sniffing. We're <laughs> I don't do any of that stuff. We've had that talk. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, no. That's it. We are going to wrap up with a... <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. i tell you what. Uh, we have laughed many times on the show. This might be the most laughing we've ever done. Just a wonderful episode tonight. And I love seeing Jewel near the end of the show fold up her book and put it away for the evening. Her notebook. She's always taking notes. Right down. I do it too. I write stuff down. I, you know, I wrote down. I write down the top five lists. This is, I write down things I remember to say. And uh, I got my little book here too. All full of nonsense. I have to write shit down that I don't even know what it's supposed to be. I swear, I, I never see you look at the book. Like, I am always looking at my book. So I have to I'm just a, not, not look at my book when we go, you know, in video platform. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the one advantage I have, all the questions and all the show notes are on my phone. Uh, like, all the questions, and I'm right. So it's kind of like a teleprompter. Well, that's even worse. Well. That's even worse. You can't be, like, looking at your phone the whole time because that seems like you're not interested. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I hadn't thought of that. So if you ever go to video format, i got to come up with something. Maybe I'll put little notes here. You know, we need, like, little uh, uh, cards or big, big like, um, what are they called? Flashcards. Cue cards. Flashcards. Cue cards. So we're now, cue cards. Cue cards. So we're now hiring. Right. Uh, no pay is involved. We get to uh, stand there and be our cue card people. That's something Where you at, Duck? <laughs> Where you at? Yeah, Duck. Jeez. <laughs> just quit the show out of nowhere. Put this down. It's anyway, break. I'll have her make me some big cue cards. I like it. I like it a lot. We are going to come back. Um, Sixers fans, your Sixers have won again. That's now seven games in a row, 123-104 for Denver, uh, as they continue to try and seize a home court advantage playoff game. Uh, Markel Fultz getting doused with water uh, on the sideline as he's getting interviewed here. Great. Great time to be a Philly fan. Sixers win again. Um 123-104, uh, Joel Embiid led the way. 20 points, 13 rebounds, 2 assists. Wonderful stuff. Nice. Uh, so we are going to come back Wednesday. We are going to do a uh, 50th episode anniversary musical tribute. Some of the great musical bands have been here. Means you're going to fire out a list, play a bunch of songs for you, talk and laugh and have a grand old time. That is Wednesday night, same time, 8 o'clock. Make sure you join us. Make sure you tell your friends. And hey, if you're a music fan, if you're in the music industry, you know somebody has connections in the music industry, maybe you want to try and discover new music or find new music or even something if you're just a fan of music and you want new stuff for your for your phone or your music library, check out Wednesday show. You might something, hear something you really like. and uh, You will hear something you really like. You're going to yeah, love absolutely. it. Exactly. You will hear, definitely will hear something you like. Jewel has done an amazing job finding artists. Uh, I've carried a few over from um, when I first started. Like I said, Hail Sagan, uh, Lilith in the Night. But Jewel's found a lot of local uh, artists that are excellent. 
so tune in. It's going to be a great show Wednesday night. Again, a big thank you to Lisa Linky for joining us tonight. Absolutely hilarious. Uh, com or on Twitter, uh, it's Linky on Twitter, and also it's Linky on Instagram. You can check out her Instagram thing, and then maybe she'll pick you and do a little improv piece. I might try that one of these Sundays. It'd be pretty awesome. Should try it this Sunday. You could be Jeff Perini hype man. Jeff Perini hype man. I love it. I can hype myself up. I can hype up other people. There's nothing <laughs> wrong with me. <laughs> All right. So for the lovely, the amazing, the wonderful Jewel Tady, the sister from another mister, I am Jeff the Shark Perini. Wishing you all a very good night, and we'll talk to you Wednesday. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.